It is our tradition at St. Joe's, both on Mother's Day and Father's Day. We invite members of our congregation to give a reflection, women on Mother's Day, men on Father's Day. It is great pleasure for me to introduce to you one of our finest parishioners. You will all know him as you see him going around looking a little bit like Indiana Jones. And uh, Sean Murphy has been instrumental in leading the Eucharistic ministers, the organization of this drive-in mass at 1045 since we began it um, well over a year ago. He's been incredibly faithful to it. He's a man of faith. He's a man of his word. He's a man of great integrity. And he's somebody that has stood up and, and, and made his presence felt when St. Joe's was wanting. So please, hoot your horns and welcome Sean Murphy. Thank you. It's good to see the drive-in mass from this vantage. I never see it, but I want to thank you all for being here. Uh, good morning and happy Father's Day to all. To all the fathers, grandfathers, and godfathers before me. My name is Sean Murphy, and my wife Kelly and I have been parishioners at St. Joe's for the past 17 years. We have two children, Connor, who is 16 and will be a junior at Grays Lake Central uh, next year, and our daughter, Mari, who will be a freshman at Central. Kelly is an English teacher, or English is a second language teacher in Grays Lake and I'm an assistant principal at Woodland Middle School in Gurney. For the past two years, I have been the co-director of the 1045 Family Mass, which is now tempor temporarily morphed into this 1045 Drive-In Mass, or as the cars in the last few rows call it, the 1049 Drive-In Mass. Near the end of April, Father Martin reached out to me and asked if I would be interested in giving a Father's Day reflection. I was very honored to be asked, but I had to think about it for a little bit. As the last time that I addressed the 1045 Family Mass, it was March of last year, and the diocese closed all the churches the week following my talk. I am hoping after this talk, the opposite will happen, and we will fully reopen. Shortly after receiving the invitation from Father Martin, I started planning this reflection. I skimmed the day's readings, and the only passage that I could make a connection with for Father's Day was from the Gospel, where Jesus yelled, Quiet! Be still! That connected with me. Jesus and I have something in common. I too have yelled, Quiet! Be still! except my statement was in a minivan and was directed at my children in one of our many summer road trips across this great country. Being in a temporary thought standstill with the direction of this reflection, I decided to look up the history of Father's Day and discover it originated in Spokane, Washington in 1910, after Sonora Smart Dodd heard a Mother's Day sermon at her Episcopal Methodist Church. She wanted to create a similar day to honor her father who raised her and her five siblings by himself as Sonora's mother died giving birth to Sonora. She told her pastor that fathers should have a similar holiday honoring them. 
She proposed her deceased father's birthday of June 5th, but the pastors in the area said they wouldn't have enough time to prepare their sermon. So it was scheduled for June 19th, the third Sunday in June. While it took over six decades for a presidential declaration of the date, it was decided that the third Sunday in June would be the official date. And this reminded me that my date to reflect was fast approaching and even professionals needed time to write their reflections. As I prepared my talk, Father Martin gave me some questions to help focus. One of the questions was, what has formed you to be the person and father you are today? For me, that would be my family, more specifically, my mother. My father died when I was 11 years old, and while many of the older siblings stated he spent a lot of time with me compared to the six other siblings, I have very few memories of him. What I do know is that my mother was the closest thing to a father I had growing up. My mother was a saint, an angel on earth, and very dedicated to her Catholic practices. She made sure I attended every holy day of obligation and received communion weekly. I would often accompany her to various events as her plus one, and she would remind me of all the things a gentleman must do for a woman. I think my wife was very happy that I received these lessons. My mother was my first dance teacher, etiquette coach, moral compass. Besides raising me, she raised my six other siblings to be strong Christian individuals. All of us are unique in our ways, but all products of my mother and father. In my teen and young adult life, my siblings started having children and I would take mental notes on the six different ways to raise a family. Then in November of 1996, I met Kelly, and when I figured out this was going to be the start of something beautiful, she would become my sounding board with all my mental notes on parenting I took. My wife was an only child, and I was the youngest of seven. When we were dating, we would talk about marriage and raising a family. She would state she would like one or two children. My response was, I would like a keyboardist, guitarist, drummer, bass player, and maybe a singer, meaning four to five kids. Right before we got married, Kelly and I spent over a month taking care of three of my siblings' various children when they each went away on vacation. The children ranged from six months to 19 years old. At the end of that month, I told Kelly, if I had a boy and a girl, I'd be happy, and Kelly agreed. On October 13th, 2014, or excuse me, 2004, my mental notes and thoughts on what a good father should be was called into action. On that day, my son, Connor, was born, and I was introduced firsthand to a father's love. God's love. I remember holding him for the first time in between my arms and feeling a love enter me that I had never felt before. A father's love. I remember thinking to myself, if I have this huge love for Connor, I can only imagine the love that God has for us. 
It was a pure love based on nothing but a creation made out of love. I had known this individual for only minutes, but there was nothing I wouldn't do for this child to protect him and to raise him. This was my son, and with him I was well pleased. That God's love feeling would not always be present, as parents know. Children are not always angels, but that feeling resurfaces at the strangest times, and I can only feel pure love and pride for our son and daughter. My mother stressed the importance of God, and the birth of my children gave me a new task of protecting them at all costs and raising them to be good Catholics. Since I did not have a lot of memories of my father, I wanted to be sure that I was around for all my children's events, games, and explorations. I prioritized the importance of family dinners and family road trips to disconnect with electronics and reconnect with each other. I always put my children and God first, but I did not know that that thinking had a name until I attended the Chirp Weekend 13 years ago. Kirby Bradford spoke about the book, I Am Third, by famed Chicago Bears, Gail Sayers. The title, I Am Third, is based on the fact that Gail could never be number one because two very important things were always in front of him, God and family. This is a philosophy that has become my foundation on being a father. If you ask my children, what statement does your dad try to live by or is important to him? They would respond, I hope. He is number three. As long as I put God first, my family second, and me third, all will be well. But this is easier said than done. Is it easy being number three? No, not at all. But if I stray from being third, and I try to move up to second, or selfishly think about me in first place, God gently reaches out to me and whispers, quiet, be still. When being third, my conversations with God are more frequent, intentional, and he is very responsive. One of his biggest statements came to me in 2018 when the Chicago Cubs signed Daniel Murphy from the Nationals. Any time a Chicago athlete named Murphy plays on a team, I always hope they are good and the team will make his jersey publicly available. That way I can get a personalized jersey without paying a higher price. And I always wanted a personalized Cubs jersey. What number was assigned to Murphy? You guessed it, three. In the second reading today, Paul writes, He indeed died for all, so that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him. In being number three, my life is fundamentally dedicated to God and modeled after Jesus. Jesus dedicated his adult life to helping others and teaching God's ways, and I attempt to walk in his footsteps. Attempt being a key word. As my children get older, I now incorporate, incorporate them into my strive to be third. When St. Joe's opened the food pantry and needed adult volunteers, I signed up 
and brought my daughter along to give her the experience of helping others. My son knows that if grandma or grandpa call and need help, he needs to drop what he's doing and help them because they come first. I've tried to instill this philosophy in my children and with some days being more successful than others. But when I see my son wearing a religious bracelet his godmother gave him, or my daughter asking to say nightly prayers together, I know Kelly and I have made at least a little impact. But only time will tell. Sometimes this philosophy of being third conflicts with being there for family, but my family knows my dedication to God. Even right now, well, actually, when I wrote this speech, uh, my daughter was supposed to be at a dance recital right now, and I was going to be here, but I'd already seen the dance recital, uh, and my family knows my commitment to 1045 Mass. But thanks to a scheduling miracle, my family was actually able to be here today and hear this. My mother used to tell me that it is sometimes impossible to get my father to do some things around the house. But if someone from church needed assistance or the men's group was helping someone struggling, he would drop what he was doing and go help. I have a feeling my wife could say the same about me sometimes. The cars in the last row that I commented on earlier, you are putting God first. I know getting a family organized on a Sunday morning and attempting to get somewhere at a specific time is a challenge, but you are dedicated to having your family experience the Mass, even if you are going to be late. You could have said, let's stay home, but you put God first and make it here week after week. You bring your families here to be present with God, and you are number three. To all the fathers, grandfathers, godfathers, stepfathers out there, I invite you all to take some time to reflect on your relationship with God and your family. I encourage you all to look at the monthly carpenter for opportunities to grow in faith and strengthen your relationship with God and your family. If you've not attended a men's retreat or a Saturday morning live talk, sign up for one. Wives, you'll thank me that they did. Even if you are too busy or don't think it's for you, quiet, be still, and be proud to be number three. Happy Father's Day.